0: picture this, though. Yeah. Like, you're like a British fisherman, it's like midnight, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. alright, it's time to go out, I guess. And you get out in your boat, and you're like, throw the nits in, you throw them in, and Mm -hmm. suddenly, (laughs) all these lights are on you, and you're like, what? (laughs) What the Jesus is happening? The fish have come back for their revenge. Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we talk about dead people. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co host, James D. Say hi, James. I'm going to steal Mount Rushmore. Good. We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down various members of the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in the life of a now dead person and give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So James, who do we have this week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Today we have <laughs> Zanovi Petrovich Rostestvensky. I don't even know if you per How do you Zinovi Petrovich Rajvensky. There's too many syllables in that last name. Yeah, it's a made-up name. Well, I mean every name's kind of made up, right? Well, except for the Lord's name. Right, of course. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing today, James? Well, I'm doing swell. Yeah? Chugging that double shot? Oh yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I didn't sleep much last night
1: because, um, well, I'm dying, but also, (laughs) I am so excited to tell this story today. It is. Really? It, yes. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this story. I, okay. I know I told you, but let me let me just tell everyone. I was, when I was researching this story, I was crying from laughter. <laughs> I was alone in my apartment, just
0: almost on the floor laughing so hard. Oh the, my God. I'm so excited for this. It's, it's amazing. I, I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm going to keep it a secret, but I'm researching a person for a for a patron right now oh, oh my god i was i, I wasn't <laughs> crying but i was laughing my ass off. i can't wait for that one yeah it'll actually come out before this one so i can tell you so who the it secret is. yeah okay <laughs> it's rasputin yes <laughs> and holy fuck is it funny And Um,
1: we did a great job recording that episode, didn't we?
0: Yes, we did. Tomorrow or whenever we do it. (laughs) Uh, We should figure out when we're going to record this shit. Yeah, we probably should. But I'm kind of excited, so I think we should go down to the history lab. Well, let's get going, my friend. Let's (laughs) go-a-go-a-go-go-go. (laughs) Go-gurt. Mobile yogurt. (laughs) mogurt. I don't know. <laughs> works I just imagine <laughs> yogurt from Spaceballs in, like, one of those mobility chairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mogurt. Okay. I don't have a trailer here. <laughs> I didn't write anything for you. One man, one Navy, a boat full of adventure. Zinovi Petrovich Rushshevensky wants you to know that Iron Man dies at the end. Oh my God, I have to tell you about something. OK. There's this thing on Netflix right now mm-hmm. called "You vs. Wild." Oh yeah. Have you seen it? I've heard of it. It's hilarious. You basically watch Bear Grills, <laughs> like, do a show or whatever. but like, a- every few minutes or so, you have to make like a binary decision. Mm. where like f- for example and he makes up these fucking crazy missions like <clears throat> he's like today we have a specific mission to go into the jungle and rescue um this doctor who's bringing malaria medicine to the natives you yeah. or whatever and she's like totally made up and you know it but you're like all right i'm gonna watch this guy <laughs> and so he like jumps out of the helicopter and the first choice you have to
2: make is you know do i go along the beach or do i follow the the river there Mm. will be crooks on the river
0: i don't know if i want to go that way and you're like (laughs) okay we're going down the river motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) so you go down the river and like oh right i forgot the actually the first real choice you make this is so stupid. Uh-huh. It's like he's still on the helicopter and he's like I have I'll have one one little bit of spice left in my backpack. Okay. Should I should I take the grappling hook or should I take the slingshot? <laughs> so I I had him take the slingshot. It's sure. <laughs> like fuck you. <laughs> so <laughs> I chose also to go down the creek <laughs> and you run into a crocodile like almost immediately and he's like Good thing we brought this slingshot, and he, like, pulls it out, and he shoots the fucker <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> and it runs away, and he's like, good choice, mate. And you're like, fuck off! And I'm giving him an Australian accent, but he's actually way more British. Yeah. But, so, the story goes on, and he finally gets, he finally finds the doctor, and it's just, like, <laughs> this poorly dressed actress who barely speaks Spanish, like, crouched under this old like world war two bunker and she's got nothing but a box which is like filled with medicine and he's like he's like now that we found our you know our doctor or whatever he's like we're gonna take we're gonna finish the mission for her and so you're like imagining you're like thinking okay he's gonna go like take her to a helicopter first (laughs) no just like see ya (laughs) No, he like he walks <laughs> off with her and the episode ends and then it you go to the next one and she's just gone. Cannibalism. <laughs> I mean a, presumably. I mean one of the choices you had to make is whether or not he was whether he was gonna eat termites mm. or a massive grub. Of course it made him eat the grub. Yeah. He like wrenches the head off of it and he's like you wanted to see this didn't you and he like shoves it in his mouth he doesn't even get it all the way in his mouth he chomps down and it just sprays all over the camera and they're like adding all these squishing noise it's disgusting oh. but anyway so here's how i failed i was like i went into it going i'm gonna kill bear grills mm-hmm. like i wanted him to die so i got all the way to episode three and he was like I can either ski down this mountain or parasail. I'm like, you're parasailing, motherfucker. (laughs) So he parasails down the mountain, and, you know, I make a series of pretty good decisions, you know, despite my best effort. Sure. And he's looking for a dog in this case. It's like a lost mountain dog. (laughs) And, you know, it's got a GPS tracker on it, but, you know, like, (laughs) it's like... It, like, beeps when he gets closer or whatever. (laughs) And he goes into this ice cave and there's this, there's the collar on the ground and it's, like, got a flashing red light on it. And, like, Mm -hmm. clearly it's not big enough for a St. Bernard. (laughs) Right. And he picks it up and he goes, ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The collar must have slipped off while I was getting a drink from the water. And you're like, how? (laughs) (laughs) So then he fucks around in the woods for a little longer. I made him build a snow fort. Nice. Um, and then he found the dog and he just like, he like just happens upon it. And it's like in this valley and he's like, we got to get down to the dog. And he's like, I can either repel off of this cliff or I can try to glissade down the mountain. And I'm like, I don't know what glissading is, but yeah, you're going to do, do, do that. Because yep. <laughs> I thought like, okay, at this point I wanted to at least rescue the dog before killing Bear Grylls. Well, sure. Yeah. So I was like, if he repels, he's going to like. He's going to die. Like, there ain't no way he's getting off that cliff without dying. So whatever glissading is, he's going to do that. So he takes out his snow shovel and he sits on it. (laughs) And then he just starts sledding down the mountainside. (laughs) And it's so good because I was like, all right, he'll like slow down or whatever. Like, it just eases his way down. The no. guy just goes for it. He's like, I can't really see what's on the other side of that ledge. So we'll have to be careful. He just j- jumps on the fucking thing and goes at a hundred miles an hour, just bumping around. His limbs are flying everywhere. He almost goes over a cliff and dies. <laughs> oh. And then he goes, I'm going to have to call in the rescue. Like after he saves himself, like there's no way to get to the dog. Mm. And the episode just ends. So I was like, well, I want to rescue the dog. So I tried to rewind it, but you have to play through the whole oh, episode again. Off. Oh, and that's when I shut it off and I was like, fuck Bear Grylls. <laughs> so that's my long winded intro. <laughs> wow. That's, that's something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> only reason I even played it was. That uh, yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> on Netflix, it's the only animated, like, uh poster or whatever mm. like it's got all the title cards or whatever and you're scrolling through them but then you get to that one and it's like this empty shot and then bear grills just repels into the frame oh, gives nice. you the thumbs up and then repels out okay nice. i, I really oh um what did he say he has a tagline and i didn't know he had a tagline and it's so stupid it's like whenever he jumps off of the plane or whatever he says like see you later or something like that. Uh. And it's so lame. I don't know. I'm done there. <clears throat> That's it. Well, life goals. Yeah. One day we'll be bear grills <laughs> right. munching on a grub and saying, "Good choice. Excellent protein."
1: You wanted to see this.
0: Yeah. How would you even eat termites with a straw? Uh, he was going to like gather <laughs> them with his hand and then just kind of lick them up off his fingers. <laughs> Been there, man. Been it was there. good. <laughs> so, all right. I think we should probably get into the episode. Fair enough. <laughs> computer, please bring up Zinovi Petrovich Rostevinsky. Affirmative, my lord. So, James. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Mm. What is
2: ZPR
0: best known for? <laughs>
1: ZPR is best known for being an admiral in the Imperial Russian Navy.
0: Ah, and uh, what did he look like?
1: Well, I've included a picture for
0: you. I see that. But not anyone else. Oh, okay, so they can't see it. Yeah. Alright, well, it's your job to describe him, so... Sure. So,
1: Zinovy looks like an old Russian war hero who knows his shit. He's got shiny medals pinned all over his rusky chest. He's got mop heads on either shoulder, and what little hair he has on his coconut is balanced out nicely by a mustache and beard so thick and puffy that you would need to have a machete in order to kiss this
0: man on the smoochers. Okay, smoochers is a clear... It's in the doc. It's apparently not a misspelling or a made-up word. No. Because it's not underlined Where have you been, dude? Smoochers... (laughs) <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> I gotta wonder where those mop head things came from right like, yeah those little things on their shoulders I just I just don't know. Well kinda... so long ago and
1: this is true in <laughs> in the Navy <laughs> you, you know the whole like mop the deck thing that's, yes that's what everyone that, that's pretty much the only order they have in the Navy is to mop the deck. Well for a long time the sailors didn't have arms. Because <laughs> you, you didn't need small arms, you were on a boat, which had the big guns. So, in order to mop the deck, you had to improvise by just attaching the mop heads directly to your shoulder, and then moving around like an inchworm <laughs> on the deck, mopping all, all the dirt away.
0: Ah, uh, so now I know where the word swabby came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. It's a name for people without arms. <laughs> Okay, mm.
2: <clears throat> so how about you tell us about
0: uh,
1: ZPR's early life? Uh, I'm just going to call him Zinavi, his, okay. his first name, which is. Zinavi. You no, know, not what you should do when talking through history, but we do
0: it, so. Zin, Zin. Zin, Z boy. Z boy. Mr. Petrol. <laughs>
1: So Z-Boy was born on November 11th, 1848, in St. Petersburg, Russia. His dad was a physician, and his mom held the title of not listed on Wikipedia. (laughs) Classic. Mm -hmm. So being the son of a doctor, Z-Boy was able to attend school as a child and learn all about his 1-2-3s and his ABCs. Particularly the seas. The high seas. The ocean seas. Oh boy. (laughs) So, Zenovi decided he wanted to see the sea and joined the Russian Imperial Navy at the age of 17. Good choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He attended and graduated from Sea Cadet Corps, where he learned all about those floaty things and how to sink the floaty things of the enemy.
0: <laughs> Just to be clear, we're talking about breakfast cereal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How to sink the enemy's breakfast cereal. Well, yeah, have
1: you ever eaten Froot Loops where the Froot Loops are not covered in milk? They're disgusting. I mean, you yeah. have to
0: sink the floaty things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for all you stupid people out there, we're, covering, we're talking about sinking other ships, warships. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> nope. There's fucking nobody who missed that. And no.
1: <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, he also mastered English and French. Good. The languages, that is, not the people. Oh. Yeah. He then attended the Mikhail, Mikhailovsky Artillery academy, something uh. like that
0: <laughs> and he he did well here too, so
1: he's he's moving up, okay he's got a good good. A good education. keep it moving and uh, he may still be on the lower to mid tier rungs of the Russian Navy system thing, but he's got the attitude and the education to be a rising star,
0: right? I mean, he was the son of a doctor, so. So, uh. Right? <laughs> nah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Kind of.
1: Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm just,
0: I'm so excited. It's so hard to move forward. I'm just, I can't wait for what's coming. Okay. I can sense it. Like you have this like rejuvenated <laughs> en- energy. Like you just got a deep tissue massage or something. Zinovy is the fountain of youth. He's my oh. essential oil. Oh shit. Well, we found him. <laughs> yep. So Zinovy began
1: his naval career as a gunnery officer in the Russian Baltic fleet. Good. Now we gotta stop here uh, a minute to talk about Russian geography. Why? <laughs> well, it turns out Russia has geography. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh. know that, but they do. So, in case you didn't know, Russia is is kind of big. Okay. It's it's huge. Um, and it borders three kind of important bodies of water that the the Ruskis wanted to sail their ships in. Right. Uh, As such, them Russians had three primary fleets at the time, and we're going to go over these three different fleets. This is all very important, so open your earlobes and sit down. I'm already, yeah, I'm there. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready. So the first fleet was named the Baltic Fleet, which was stationed in what's called Poland's Watery Hat, also known as the Baltic Sea to some people. Poland's watery hat. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Baltic Sea. It's the same thing. Gotcha. Uh, number two, the second Russian fleet was named the, I said Baltic fleet <clears throat> again, but that's oh. Oh my That's God. not true. It's the, the Black Sea Fleet. Okay. Which was positioned in what the Russians called that H2O down below, <laughs> uh, which is also called the Black Sea to some. <laughs> you wrote Baltic for all of these, didn't you? No, no, the third one I got right. Okay, okay. <laughs> so the, you've got the, the Baltic Fleet, the Black Sea Fleet, and finally the Russians had a third fleet, creatively called the Pacific Fleet, uh-huh. which was way out there to the east in what's sometimes called the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you got you got those three fleets? Uh-huh. You know where they are? Perfect. I know where they are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh as a fun side note the Russian Pacific Fleet was at one point named the Siberian Military Flotilla. It's a great name. It just <laughs> makes me think of a husky sitting on a pallet of wood
0: <laughs> just licking Jack's face as he freezes <laughs> in the ocean. Yeah. There was room for two. <laughs> Jack's like taking an Instagram video, <laughs> but he's the best boy or whatever they say. I don't know what they say. On those, the dog memes, they say, like, oh. he's the goodest boy or some shit. They Jack's just sinking that. beneath the waves going, give him <laughs> all the hugs, or something mm. like that. <laughs> that was forced. I'm going to quit. Okay. <clears throat>
1: Please. Thank you. All right. So, you've got the Baltic, the Black, and Pacific fleets of the Russian Navy, so keep those in mind. They're all important to Zinevi's story. Okay. So our boy Zinevi was placed with the Baltic Fleet for three years, but then was transferred to the Black Sea Fleet in 1876 because- Oh
0: my god, Aaron! Do you know what time it is? Oh my god. No! It's time for the Russian-Turkish War! They had a war? They had many wars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the, the Ruskis and the Turcos don't like each
0: other. Well, that makes sense, because- All right, I'm going to quit. I'm not even going to make a joke. Carry on. (laughs) So this war in particular uh, stemmed from the fact that a
1: lot of the the, uh, Balkan countries didn't like being under the control of the Ottoman Empire. Hmm. So fat daddy Russia...
3: (laughs)
0: Fat Daddy Russia.
1: Okay. So Fat Daddy Russia agreed <laughs> to help lead a war against the Turks for the independence of countries like Serbia, Romania, etc. Blah, blah, blah. We're not really interested in the politics here. Good. <laughs> the point is that Russia is now at war with the Ottoman Turks. And this means that the, uh, the Black Sea Fleet is about to do some sea fighting and some boat sinking and some
0: Turk killing. I gotta point out to the listeners. <laughs> Please do. In the script, which we do not have, right? James has written Baltic Fleet and has replaced it verbally with Black Sea Fleet like three times. No, other way around. I re- I've replaced Black Sea Fleet with Baltic. Or is that what
1: you said? I'm. I'm I, I don't I'm know if you're, you're,
0: you're. fixing it as it as you go along. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> which is great because. Uh, I have to multitask. Yeah, I mean, this is this is it's show business, baby. Yeah, that's what we do. We gotta we gotta do it right. Raise the curtain and slap your mama. Let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's like 1920s, but yeah, oh, good times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So Zinovie is with the Black
1: Sea Fleet. All right. Yep. And he's the... on board. Okay. He's on board. Okay. Sorry. What? N- never mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's on board a gunboat named the Vesta. Ah, But there's a problem. The Turks have ironclads. Four ironclads. What? Wait, who are these ironclads? The ironclads? Yeah, the ironclads. Well, they they own the ice rinks. Oh, okay. And then they just kind of shove it down a little bit to ironclads. So they have
0: ironclads, and I have no idea what the hell those are.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. Which you didn't. But, ironclads are the latest, greatest maritime technology of literally cladding your boats in iron. Right. Ironclads. Right. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This makes the boats near impenetrable to gunfire, but if your boats start a sinking, they a-sink fast. Okay, that makes sense. Right, because you've literally just made boats out of solid iron. Yeah. Yeah. So the Russians send out torpedo boats to deal with the fire. The four ironclads, and our boy Zinovich volunteers to lead the first <clears throat> torpedo boat against the Turks. Okay. Now, before you conjure in your head a modern image of a torpedo boat, if you even know what that is,
0: I, I don't. Um, I'm just imagining, like, a boat <clears throat> shaped like a torpedo, that's basically it. That's fair,
1: yeah. The okay. only torpedo I know are those little ones uh, made out of rubber that you throw at people in the pool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's, there's yeah. always that annoying douche who's, like, throwing it at you, and you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to play yeah, volleyball, you, volleyball over here. Right, and then you pick it up, and he's
1: like, Hey, don't steal my shit! And
0: and it's, like, like, covered in some weird goo, and you're like, "Oh God, what the fuck have you done with this?
1: I know, why do they let lepers in the pool? This is just uh, disgusting. <laughs> Okay, Torpedo Boat. Yeah, so Torpedo Boats at this time, at least in the Russian Imperial Navy, is uh... (laughs) They're they're a bit different. They use what are called spar torpedoes, which were not torpedoes that you shoot. Oh, no. No, no, no. These were torpedoes that you put on the end of a really long stick. What? (laughs) Then you sail your boat up to the enemy (laughs) ironclad, all the while holding this really long stick with a live bomb on the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Then if you aren't blown away by the enemy ship, you stick that torpedo stick right onto the ironclad. But wait, you're not done yet! Oh my god. Because the fuse to the torpedo runs all the way down the stick to your hands, So you have to light the fuse and wait for it to reach the torpedo, all the while hoping you don't get shot by the defending Turks or have the torpedo blow up prematurely. That is so primitive. It is. (laughs) And I found a picture of one of these boats. I've put it in the document. And is there anything you'd like to add?
0: (laughs) Come on! (laughs) There's just... That guy is standing there on purpose, right there. He's got, yeah. I mean, he's even got his hands on his hips. He's like, just proudly silhouetting with this massive torpedo sticking straight out of his dick. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, the- it's just, it's just this like, ramshackle little boat. With yeah, the, a tor- god. The boat's as big as like, two mattresses put together. It's- yeah. It's got a little chimney. <laughs> There's like two two or three guys on there just yeah. like I hope this works. <laughs> yeah. It usually didn't work if you if you haven't gotten that. I right. believe that. You know, this <laughs> reminds me of Medal of Honor Rising Sun. You remember that game? Oh, good game, yeah. Yeah. I mean it it was good if you're, you know. Blind.
3: Blind, exactly.
0: <laughs> one of the ugliest games ever made. But there was this part, like, one part in the whole game where you're you're in a tank and you're, like, firing a machine gun or whatever. Yeah. And there's these Japanese soldiers, like, rushing you with these sticks with bombs on the end. Mm. And I was like, that can't be a real thing. Yeah. Like, there's no... And then, lo and behold, it was, like, a popular counter-tank right. strategy to, like, run out there with a big stick with a bomb on the end and blow yourself to kingdom come. Just to stop the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, it's a it's a tale as old
1: as
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah, you've got these dinky Russian ships with the uh, with the giant dick bombs, and <laughs> these attacks do not go well oftentimes. Okay, and it's it's no different for Zinovy. His ship approaches the ironclads, but then it gets stuck. <laughs> Because the Turks have stretched long ropes across the harbor in order to stop these pesky torpedo stick boats from reaching them. Okay. So, he's... he managed to... row his boat into a rope. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, warfare has changed. <laughs> so he's... Zinovi, his boat is stuck on, on this rope. Meanwhile, another Russian torpedo boat is hit and sunk, and the Ruskis are forced to retreat. Got it. And Zinovy manages to get out of the rope trap, if it can even be called that, because it's just a rope. I mean, it worked, apparently.
3: <laughs> I guess so.
1: <laughs> so the day is done. That's okay. that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> Give up. Yeah. The next month, in July of 1877, Zinovy and his ship, the Vesta come across a Turkish battleship, and the two ships engaged in an epic five-hour-long battle in which finally the enemy Turkish battleship was so damaged that it had to retreat. Okay. So, pretty cool. For the victory, Zinovi was awarded the Order of St. Vladimir and the Order of St. George. Killer. Who knows? And (laughs) he was also promoted to lieutenant commander.
0: Wait, hold up, hold up. Uh, Sure. This five-hour-long battle, were they still using the torpedo sticks? No, no, he's on his his
1: destroyer or I don't know what it is, but it, the Vesta is not a torpedo ship. It's an Damn. actual warship. I don't it's know what that means. Got actual guns and things. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. imagining like a Christopher Columbus kind of ship. Probably <laughs> probably. I mean it's the 1870s, but I mean, it's the Russians. <laughs> it's so. only a 400 year difference in military <laughs>
1: technology. True. Whatever happened then. Oh man. Yeah. So he wins the battle, he wins all these awards, and now he is actually a rising star in the Russian Navy. Hooray! Except... That after the war ended, Zinovi admitted that he had falsified his reports about this fight with the Ottoman battleship. The the battle was barely a skirmish, and neither side suffered pretty much any damage.
0: Are you kidding me?!
1: He's like, I made the- we we saw the enemy ship, but that's about it. We fought him for five
0: hours, just sent dirty looks their way, (laughs) basically. Wow. Nevertheless, in okay. true Russian fashion, they were like,
1: Ah, eh, keep your awards, we don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, so God. So they,
1: they let him keep his medals and the position of lieutenant commander, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So from 1883 to 1885, Zinevi took some time off to help the Bulgarians beef up their floaty things Good. so that they would have some floaty things to fight off the Turkish floaty things down the road <laughs> should the need ever arise. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Then Zinevere, he returned to Russian Naval Service, was transferred all around, commanding all sorts of different ships that really isn't worth getting into. Okay. Uh, he was promoted to Rear Admiral in 1898, which was a big deal. Nice. And then to an even bigger deal, to Chief of Naval Staff in 1902. Oh my god, wow. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, so he he's high up there, uh, and he's he's a- actually, despite making up those records, he's actually a a very good commander. Um, and everyone knows this. They're like, this guy, he's he's the shit. Yeah, yeah. So we've now finished his early life section, and okay. Zinovy is fifty-four years old at this point. Okay, uh, he only lives to <laughs> sixty, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> But he's super high up there on the old Russian Navy totem pole. But hold on to your pickaxe, because Zinofi's biggest challenge is yet to
0: come. Uh, hardcore mode in Minecraft.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you see that video of that guy who'd, like, been playing for, like, three or four or five years or whatever on hardcore mode? No. And he hadn't died? No, Jesus. And then he was live streaming and he died. (laughs) (laughs) How did he die? (laughs) Who knows? take one guess falling in lava no those fucking baby zombies oh god yep yep that's what took it that's what did him in that's what did him in they'll get you you're fucking like just mining away and suddenly you hear that noise you're like oh jesus where is it Mm, and then it's mm. rushing towards you it's like oh my god i'm gonna (laughs) die yeah and then you do uh, and then you do yeah and you you lose all your loot and your friend goes to get it back and then he gets killed too and it's it's the Doppler effect, really personified. I mean, yeah, it is. That's it, the thing. It really is. So, do we want to take a break, or do we want to just roll right into Zinovoi's all adult life? Uh, uh, adult life.
1: Adult life. The adult life. Let's let's go. Zinoviev.
0: Adult life. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, so we haven't even started with the insanity yet. Oh my god. (laughs) I I, I want you to
0: know. (laughs) Buckle in, boy. Alright, hold on, let me get my seatbelt on. Ah. Click. Great. (gasps) You ready?
1: Oh yeah. Let's go. Zinvoi's adult life. Zinfandel's adult life. Okay. (laughs) So, the year is 1902. And Zinovi is chief of naval staff of the Russian Imperial Navy, and he is super worried. Oh. Yeah, he's Why? super worried. Because the Russian naval fleet is not looking so great. Really? Yeah, the war with the Turks, that's been over for like 20 years now, uh, but the Russian Navy has gotten kind of lazy. Oh. Yeah. And meanwhile, far to the east, this small country of Japan was really building up their military right next to uh, to the kind of neglected Russian Pacific fleet. So, Japan is rising in the east. Right. And Zinovy goes to his officer pals and says guys we really need to build up our pacific fleet because if the japanese decide that they don't want our boats to float and gloat about grabbing our bloated boat moat by the throat (laughs) then note that our boats will be devoted to the depths so i think you know my vote (laughs) that's an actual quote by the way right turns out that the Russian leaders hated rhyming, uh, and besides, the whole thing was too late because, oh my god, Aaron, oh, Jesus. do you know what time
0: it is? It's time for the Russian-Japanese War! Oh! Oh my god, they had a war? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the Russians and the Japanese had a whole little war that's often overshadowed by World War One, which would, spoiler alert, happen like ten years later.
0: Right, and all these little wars between various countries and whatnot... People are always arguing about where the real beginning of World War One was. Yeah, yeah. And they usually go, what about the Russian-Japanese War? And what about the Sino-Japanese War? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Those aren't <laughs> real. Speak English, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Only America fought in the World Wars. <laughs> yeah. They fought against themselves. We, fought, we defeated the South, come on. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So there's a guy who listens to this podcast, and I won't give any names or any okay. details or whatever. Sure. We'll call him Bob. Yes, he's a real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he grew up in Texas. Okay. And he thought until he was like in high school, I think, he thought yep. that the South won the war. Oh oh, <laughs> because everyone was so gung ho Confederacy down here. <laughs> <laughs> that he literally didn't know, oh, oh my, yes, you didn't know, we actually lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can, I can understand that. That is, true. I just, I just thought that was so funny because like, down here in Austin, they're like, Let's tear down the statues and change all the the names of the streets and the schools and things, because they're named after people who were, like, tangentially connected to the Confederate South. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I guess if you grew up here and you had everything named after, like, Confederate soldiers and generals, you might be like, we must have won, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I agree. That's a hell of an aside. I
1: apologize. <laughs> I, I forgive you. Okay. The Lord always forgives. So. <laughs> In February of 19... Wait, am
0: I to take it that you are the Lord? All this time and you didn't tell me?
1: I am that I am. (laughs) Oh, James. That would be fucking terrifying.
2: (laughs) You know why? Because there would
1: be no Uh. fish or bread to feed to the 5,000. I would have already stuffed it down my gullet. (laughs)
0: just put it in that fridge next to your bed yeah they would have been like lord lord james we have all these hungry people here what are you going to do with these five loaves and the two
1: fish and i'd, I'd have my mouth full and be like i don't know
0: give them here <laughs> go to walmart yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> go to walmart <laughs>
0: okay russian japanese so, war yeah let, let's talk about this for a second so in
1: February of 1904, Japan launched a surprise attack on Russia and defeated much of the Russian forces in the east. Oh, and shit. there are of, are, of course, many complicated reasons for the war, but a lot of it really just comes down to the fact that both Russia and Japan were expanding. Uh-huh. Uh, they both wanted chunks of China. They they were rivals militarily, uh, blah, 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 blah.
2: Mm-hmm. Tale as
1: old as time. But, nevertheless, really <laughs> when Russia learned of the surprise attack, the ever-wise Tsar Nicholas II was
0: stunned. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. man. You know, I just finished a whole batch of research on him. Uh, oh, oh mm. yeah, you did! Mm. You did. Yeah. Oof. All right. Oh. His story is a happy one. <laughs> <laughs> it ends very well. Yes.
1: So the news only gets worse for the Russians. What remained of the Russian Pacific fleet was pretty much powerless to protect against Japanese invasion. Right. So thus, the Tsar decided that he would send the Russian Baltic fleet to reinforce the Russian position. And who better to lead this relief fleet than our boy, Commander Zinovy? So, Zinoviev was placed in command of the Russian Baltic Fleet and ordered to take the fight to Japan.
0: Now, are you sure it's the Baltic Fleet or, it's, or is it the Black Sea Fleet? I, I am positive it is
1: the Baltic Fleet.
0: Okay, he, was, just... he fought with the Black Sea Fleet for a while because they were fighting Turkey,
1: uh, or the Ottoman Empire, that is. But now he's in, the, he's in command of the Baltic Fleet. Okay. hmm There are some problems with this whole plan, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one. Uh, the Baltic Fleet was nowhere near Japan. Right. It was in the Baltic. Right. On the other side of the world. Yes. <laughs> so the plan was to sail this fleet around Europe, through the Mediterranean, through the British held Suez Canal in Egypt, into the Red Sea and into the o- Indian Ocean, and finally over to the Pacific. But this could be a problem, because the Suez Canal was held by the British, and the British were, well, they were allies with the Japanese. Uh-oh! But they were just like, well, let's just hope and pray that the Brits let us go through their canal.
0: Why the hell were the British allied with Japan?
1: It's, it's complicated. There are right. all sorts of alliances. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. Cobwebs, yeah. Mm-hmm. So problem number two, the boats in the Baltic fleet were, they were, some of them were actually decent warships, including some brand new battleships. However, many of these boats hadn't even been tested on the high seas.
0: That seems like a
2: mistake.
1: Yes. And some of them were like still
0: in the factories when the Russians
1: just kind of hoisted them into the seas. All right. Now you're going to fight the Japanese. Oh God. So it doesn't- it doesn't look great. And a lot of the smaller ships were literally falling apart. Ugh. As they sat in harbor. <laughs> so,
0: great news. Just sitting there with your vodka, ka Up, <laughs> There goes the rudder. Yep. <laughs> Old Ironsides is not looking so irony right now. <laughs> uh,
1: and problem number three, this is personally my favorite. Oh god. The vast majority of the sailors and crewmen were completely untrained. Oh my. Some of them had never even been out to sea before. Uh Oh. (laughs) Further, many of them weren't even officially hired by the Russian Navy yet. What? (laughs) (laughs) They were on these boats for like a prospective hiring tour. Oh. And then Zinnavi is like, all right, here we go. We're going off. And if you're on the ships, well, you're coming with. Wow. And these guys are like, we haven't even signed the papers yet. We were just... Touring here with our mom, and then
3: (laughs) (laughs) their
0: moms go go
1: with. (laughs) Yeah. Man. So they're off. Zinovie and his ragtag Baltic fleet are off to go fight the Japanese. And what happens next was the longest coal powered battleship fleet voyage in recorded history, and the problems are only beginning. Oh dear. Oh dear. (laughs) Yeah. Now the good news is that Zinoviev was the best man that the Russians could offer for the job. So he immediately did uh, his best to try and whip the lads into shape. He he drilled them, he had the ships perform practice maneuvers along the way, and they also fired live ammo to kind of get the feel of of battle. Ha. Huh. Uh, but like there's just not enough time and they have to do all of this while sailing to Japan where they're gonna battle the Japanese Imperial fleet. So fuck. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's bad. And Xenovie regularly lost his temper and would start swearing at his incompetent men. And every time he did this, he would finish by chucking his binoculars into the sea. How many does he have? A ton, because all of his officers... They they packed just a shit ton of binoculars to take along. Uh, oh, like what? half of half of the ship is just full of crates of binoculars.
0: That's so wasteful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But that's the whole Russian military story. True. <laughs> yeah. It's binoculars today. It's it's
1: peasants tom- tomorrow. That's how it right. uh, works. Throw them overboard. Yeah. So the Baltic fleet runs into problems pretty much right away. Okay. Uh, They don't even make it through the first sea before they run into problems. (laughs) (laughs) They're still in the Baltic Sea when an independent Russian transport ship in the area warns Zinovy that they saw four Japanese torpedo boats up ahead. What?! Yes, Japanese torpedo ships. In the Baltic Sea. Wait, are these like the torpedo boats that they had in, like... These probably were ones that were able to shoot torpedoes. Oh shit! Um, oh so my very, god! So very, very dangerous. These are small, fast ships that can sink an entire battleship if the torpedoes hit. Mm. Uh, so not, not good. And this, you know, independent merchant vessel ship is like, hey, we saw four of these up ahead. Watch out! Okay. So the Russians just lose their freaking minds. Right. <laughs> like, just the thought that Japan would send four torpedo boats all the way around the world to catch them in their own sea not cool. And, uh, and rumors just start circulating around these untrained crewmen in the fleet, and things just get out of hand. Like, oh, oh god, the Japanese torpedo boats are right over the horizon? Oh, oh no, no wait, it's the entire Japanese fleet that's off the coast of Denmark? What? what? Oh god no, the Japanese have mined the entire ocean around Europe? Oh what? god, what can we do? <laughs> For real? <laughs> yeah, these are all rumors that are just like, everyone's losing their minds. Uh, Holy
0: crap!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Zinovy, wow. he puts the fleet on full alert, either because he has too brought in, bought into the rumors. Or more likely, he's doing this just to do something to to kind of put his men more at peace, which is what, probably, by putting them
0: on full
1: alert. Well, just the, just the fact that they would do something like, okay, we're ready for battle now. Like we can, we're not because we're untrained fucks. But hey, like, oh my god, at least we're on full alert. This ain't gonna end well. I can feel it. But then, a Japanese boat is spotted.
0: How appropriate, that
1: siren just went off in the background. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the first Tuesday of the month. That means they're testing the uh, the tornado sirens, or the, the Japanese
0: boat sirens, because <laughs> I live in a landlocked state, but hey, you the never Jap- know. <laughs> the Japanese fleet has mined the entirety of Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's loud and obnoxious. I bet it that'll cut is. out when I fix it later. Okay, well,
1: it, it is loud. Whatever. <laughs> so they see a Japanese boat. Uh, oh,
3: Jesus oh my God. Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this this is good. God. Okay, we're on full alert. The Japanese are here. They see a Japanese boat. And the Baltic fleet just starts unloading all of their guns uh, at, at this one boat. Oh, jeez. Uh, but the Russians don't manage to land a single shot because everybody is so bad at firing the cannons. Wow. Which turns out to be good, because this boat is not a Japanese warship. Uh, it's, it's a
0: fishing boat. Okay.
1: A Russian I... fishing boat oh that God. was bringing supplies to the fleet.
0: <laughs> that is hilariously pathetic. You know, it's like, you know, the captains out there like, that's definitely a Japanese fishing boat. And they're like, hey, hey, hey. Shouldn't you, like, double-check that with binoculars? he's like, no, and he throws them off the <laughs> yeah, side. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and I, w- I want to defend Zinovy a bit
1: here, is he probably didn't buy into it, but he had no hold over his own crew. So he's probably looking at the fishing boat like, oh, right on schedule, here they are with the fish. And then all the ships are like, fire all cannons! <laughs> <laughs> And they just start unloading,
0: missing every shot. And these Russian fishermen are just like freaking out. Standing on the deck with packets of ramen noodles like, (laughs) don't shoot. (laughs) Exactly. So after this little whoopsie,
1: uh, Ziniby has his ships continue on. And they're passing by Denmark now. And what they find next
0: horrifies them. Oh my god.
1: The Japanese have mined the entire sea around Denmark. How? How? Shut up, that's not important, they've done it. (laughs) (laughs) So slowly, very slowly, Zinovy leads his ships through the mines one by one. And amazingly, every ship makes it through alive. BUT THE MINEFIELD DIDN'T EXIST! WHAT?! (laughs) So they had just wasted a ton of time and energy navigating through a non-existent minefield. How did they determine that there was a minefield there when there wasn't a single mine? Great question! It's probably because one guy was like, bored and scared, and was like, wow, I bet they mined all of the water around Denmark, even
0: though, you know, it's on the other side of the world. I mean, it would make sense, just lock him in at home. Don't Maybe, even let him yeah, get can all the way. Get there, and you can bring that many mines. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the open ocean here, and and no one else,
1: like Sweden or Denmark or Poland, would be like, "Hey, hey, that kind of blocks in in us too." Yeah. No, just go ahead, do it. You know. Oh my uh. god. <laughs> okay. But hey, okay, they're finally out of the first sea. (laughs) They're out of the Baltic Sea and into Sea Number Two, the North Sea, which is that sea between Britain and Norway. Hell yeah. So, Zinovy and his lads are sailing when all of the sudden, a radio message breaks the quiet. Uh Uh-oh. The last ship in the Russian line, in the Russian fleet... Uh, a supply ship radios in that- Oh god, they're being attacked by Japanese torpedo boats! Quick, everybody do something! Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> so the whole the whole fleet just scrambles into some sort of attack formation. But they can't find the Japanese vessel. Um, okay. <laughs> so after a while, they just keep on going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> turns out there actually was a ship. Uh... It, however, it was not firing on the Russian supply boat because it wasn't a warship. Oh, no. It wasn't Japanese either. Uh. It was a Swedish ship just minding its own business, <laughs> sailing by the Russian fleet when the entire Russian fleet turns around to face them. <laughs> so the, the Swedes just haul ass to get out of there, which they, they managed to do before the Russians
0: could identify them as not Japanese. I'm surprised they didn't blow them out of the water or, like, at least miss drawing them out of the water.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the Swedes probably were like, we're done. We don't want to mess with with that shit. As they, they see the whole Russian feet like,
0: turning around. <laughs> like, oh god. Like smoke, what did we do? The smoke from the smokestacks just, like, furiously increasing. <laughs> like, <Right>. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you hear all these Russian angry voices. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> Turn this boat around, let's go back to Sweden. yeah
1: <laughs> nevertheless, as you can imagine, the Russian crewmen are shitting their pants because to them, <laughs> this is a close call followed by close call because they don't oh. know what we know at this point. They think that right, they've just made it made it out of this. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank God you <laughs> know we scared them off <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Now, to make this situation worse, night is setting in, and a thick fog has enveloped the whole Russian fleet. Oh my so god. They're, they're out in the middle of the North Sea. <laughs> so
0: even God's fucking with them at this
1: point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Okay. laughs> so to battle the fog, and also to battle the fear of the sailors, Zinovy tells his ships to turn on their searchlights to illuminate the waters and protect against possible Japanese warships. Oh. So, the ships start blasting their searchlights <laughs> and neurotically begin waving these lights in every freaking direction <laughs> without any sense of organization, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a rave going on in the North Sea, even As I is- know to use low beams in fall. <laughs> like, right? yeah, these guys it's just like we're gonna we're gonna wave these things around because the Japanese could be over there or they could be over there. who knows. <laughs> Oh, God. Now, keep in mind that they're currently 20,000 miles away from Japan. Oh, my. Jesus. 30,000 kilometers. (sighs) What happens next is one of the stupidest (laughs) things you'll ever hear. (laughs) I'm so ready. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they're sailing through the foggy night, searchlights racing around in all directions. When all of the sudden, the Russians spot them. oh Japanese torpedo boats. For real this time? <laughs> Several Japanese torpedo boats. Oh, no. So the Russians immediately sent the word out to the other boats, and they, they're hectically focusing their searchlights on the enemy ships. Like, here we are, there they are, this is it, boys. 20,000 miles from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Without any sort of battle formation and without any orders, the Russians just start firing. Oh, they fire everything they've got. Oh, no. <laughs> and this is without Zinovie's orders. In fact, he's on his boat, like, yelling, No, you fools, don't fire. We don't know if these are Japanese torpedo boats.
0: So, okay, hold up. This is kind of not his fault, because Nicholas II, right, was... yes was it was like hey i don't care who's who's on that boat send them out well he he
1: knew that Zennovi was the best commander but Zennovi this whole time was like hey guys our fleets are really inadequate they're terrible we should be beefing them up
0: but so it never let's happens. send untrained men on the longest voyage they could possibly <laughs> go on yes Huh. <sighs> to fight to fight the
1: Japanese Imperial Fleet, which is, you know, battle hardened and has already destroyed several Russian fleets. Right. Like, this is this is great. <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> so is like uh, trying to stop everybody, but it, it doesn't matter. Full pandemonium has begun. <laughs> Now, if you haven't guessed already, the boats were not Japanese torpedo ships.
0: Of course they weren't.
1: <laughs> they, were, they were British fishing
0: boats. Oh my
3: god.
1: The, fishing, the fishermen were out at night, because that's often the best time to catch fish. They lowered their nets, minding their own business, <laughs> when out of nowhere these poor guys are fucking illuminated oh. by the searchlights of the entire Russian Baltic fleet. And then shortly thereafter, under fire by hundreds of cannons and turrets.
0: (laughs) Oh. But wait, things get worse. I mean, can you just picture this, though? Yeah. Like, you're like a British fisherman. It's like midnight. You know, you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, it's time to go out, I guess. And you get out in your boat, and you're like, throw the nets in, you throw them in, and Mm -hmm." suddenly, (laughs) all these lights are on you, and you're like... What? <laughs> what the Jesus is happening? The fish have come back for their revenge. It's so random, too, because it's like, okay, maybe it was like, a, oh, it's a British battleship. Oh, you know, it could be somebody. It's sure. the Russian fleet. It's like, yeah. in your water. It's like over 40 ships. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Alright, so how does it get worse? Well, the English fishermen have their giant nets submerged, and these nets function basically as anchors. <laughs> so they can't even flee. Oh, god. So the, the, the English guys, they begin either frantically cutting the nets or hoisting them up in order to get the hell out of Dodge. All the while being fired upon by an entire Russian Navy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Now, remember that during this whole thing, the Russians, aside from our, our boy Zinovy, think that this is it. Oh, <laughs> this is all of Japan come to destroy us. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, all the while, two of the Russian warships, they they're kind of on the outskirts of the Russian fleet. And so all of the other Russians think that these two ships are also Japanese warships. So uh, the Russians uh. begin firing on their own goddamn ships. Oh, no. So seven Russian warships manage to form a battle formation and then just unload onto other Russian ships. Ah! Uh. And through all the firing, a chaplain and a crew member on one boat are both killed from the artillery and several more are wounded. I guess it, it could have been worse, right? No, for sure, yeah. Uh, and it actually is worse. It oh, gets no. worse. <laughs> So while this is all going on, many of the Russian ships start signaling that Japanese torpedoes have hit them, and they're sinking! Because they're so paranoid that any loud jo- noise or jarring movement on the sea must mean that they've been hit by a torpedo. <laughs> oh no. But this just causes a domino effect as the other ships start also signaling these signals that they have been hit by torpedoes. Oh And God. everyone is losing their minds.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Poor Russia. <laughs> Next, one of the Russian battleships, the Borodino, They go even crazier.
0: Are impossible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The crew on the battleship start running around screaming that Japanese Marines are boarding with bayonets drawn. (laughs) What the hell?! So the crew of the Bardino just scatter. Half of them hastily put on life vests, and either jump into the sea, or lie down prone on the deck, awaiting their fate.
0: Holy fuck! The
1: other half yells two arms, and they draw pistols and cutlasses, and prepare for hand-to-hand combat on the deck. Unbelievable. (laughs) All the while, the entire sea is being illuminated by (laughs) scattered searchlights and explosions from the hundreds upon hundreds of shells being fired in every direction. The searchlights make it so funny for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So, the whole battle lasts 20 minutes. (laughs) Finally, finally, Zinovie managed to reel in his fleet, And the blue light that signaled ceasefire was passed on ship to ship, and uh, silence breaks in upon the ocean. Uh, And all the Russians then realized that they had been fighting English fishing boats. Amazingly, the casualties of this battle were quite low. Uh, Two Russians had been killed, several others wounded, of course, by none other than their own fleet. Right. Uh, Many of the ships were damaged due to friendly fire. Of Of the English fishing men, many of the ships were damaged. Two fishermen were killed, several wounded, and one more would later die of his wounds. So only five people were killed, which is amazing because the entire fleet was firing its cannons. That drunk. Well, the reason why more people weren't killed is because the Russian guns were shit, and the Russians on the board knew fucking nothing about firing these guns. So oh. almost no shell hit even anywhere close to where it had been aimed. Oh my god. In one case, the Russian battleship or- Oriol Oriole, fired more than 500 shells and did not hit anything. <laughs> they hit the ocean. Maybe. <laughs> They probably missed that, too. Wow. (laughs) Uh, After the complete chaos, Xenovie got his fleet back together, and they continued sailing on as if nothing had ever happened.
0: Fuck up number 500 and... Ah, well... It could've been worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing
1: happened. (laughs) Well, shit did happen. Oh no. All those British fishing dudes raced home and reported everything to the British government. And the British the British people cried for war. <laughs> oh no. So Britain begins preparing for war and sends 28 battleships in pursuit of Zinovich. Eventually, Zinovich wakes up one morning to see his fleet surrounded entirely by the best of the best British fleet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So the Russians, they're, they're forced to dock in Spain while a joint uh, international committee tries to figure out just what the fuck happened that night. Right. <laughs> hey guys, for real.
0: What? For real. What happened?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after like a, a whole bunch of talking and, and months of investigation, Britain and Russia barely avert a war. (laughs) And it was revealed that Zinovy hadn't ordered any of this, and in fact the whole time he had been frantically running around deck trying to stop it. uh, So he was acquitted. Uh, Okay. He did make them go to sea, I mean. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole thing really isn't his fault. Like you said, it's it's Nicholas. Yeah. It's our Nicholas. Ugh, okay. So, he he leaves the officers responsible in Spain for court-martial, basically, and Russia had to pay thousands of dollars to Britain in compensation. Right! I
0: mean, you shoot their fishermen, that's worth thousands. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Britain also said at this point, like, Hey, we're not going to let
1: you go through our, our canal, <laughs> because we can't even trust you with our fishing boats. Oh, God. So, this means that they're going to have to sail all around... All of Africa, if you want to keep going. Oh which, no! Which they do. Wh- what? Yeah, they 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 gotta save. <laughs> they have to go fight the Japanese. So. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, they they still have more than two thirds of their journey left. Actually, Ugh. at this point, it's probably like a fourth. They're a fourth through their journey. Oh, oh! That's so embarrassing. <laughs> it is, and and things go about as well as you'd expect.
0: <laughs> Not again. The fleet Someone said. spots a Japanese torpedo boat. <laughs> it turns out to be a canoe, <laughs> <laughs>
1: pretty much, just a, a boot floating through the ocean.
0: <laughs> wow, I'm almost laughed out. There's no way this can get. Yeah, you'll you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> Jesus.
1: So the fleet sails past Morocco, and somehow one of their ships, the Kamchatka, is separated, and they don't see her for days. So (laughs) this is ominous. Ah, fuck it, we'll keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So the Kamchatka finally returns and gloats about fighting and scaring off three Japanese warships by Uh, firing off three hundred shells.
0: Oh no, no.
1: The three ships that the Kamchatka had encountered were, of course, not Japanese. Ugh. They had been a Swedish merchant ship, a German trawler, and a French schooner. How? I, H- I, don't, I how don't know. How do
3: they keep fucking
1: up this bad? <laughs> They're like, any boat we see has to be Japanese. They're the only ones with boats,
0: right? Right, Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh. So while leaving the port city of Tangiers in Morocco, uh, they were they were here, you know, getting supplies and whatnot. One of the Russian ships accidentally sails over the clearly marked underwater telegraph cable, <laughs> which cuts all of Morocco off. That cuts off all their communication with Europe for four days until they can repair the cable. <laughs> <laughs> and the Russians they're just like these
0: drunk frat boys <laughs> like Sorry about that. We're gonna keep going. It just sounds like a scene out of Animal House. Just <laughs> it like, does. like yeah. frickin' what, what's his name? John John Belushi, is it? It's like driving the boat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they just go over the telegraph cable. It's like, uh oh, we just I lost communication. We, <laughs> <laughs> we lost communication with all of Europe. <laughs> Yeah.
1: God. So at this point, the fleet splits up. Uh, the newer, faster ships are going to sail all, all around Africa, while the slower ships are going to sail through the Mediterranean and through the Suez Canal, which the the British were like, okay, you can sail some of your, your ships, the, the older ones, through our canal. This could not possibly go wrong. <laughs> right. So we're going to split up, and then we're going to link back together in Madagascar. Okay. And then we're going to move on to fight the Japanese. So, uh, Zinovi, he has the half of the fleet that's going around Africa. And s- the problems just keep
0: rolling in. I can't even believe this; ma- it can happen this many times.
1: <laughs> so at one point, they come across an American ship that is, oh my god, carrying a Japanese submarine to Russia for a surprise attack. What? <laughs> So it turns out that the Russian government had bought a submarine from America, but had forgotten to tell Zinevi about it. Oh! So it's just the whole thing is so dumb. Wait, th- they didn't fire on them? No, I don't. I don't know what happened. There wasn't much information. It just it just said that they came across an American vessel carrying a submarine, and all the all the Russians thought the Americans are going to drop this submarine off in Russia as a surprise attack because we're so paranoid that God. everything must be a surprise Japanese attack. God, that's yeah. crazy. It is. So and his group, they, uh, they managed going around Africa finally. Oh, and by the way, this whole time, they're wearing Russian winter clothing. <laughs> uh, uh, wh- and they're like off the coast of Africa. So it's not comfortable. Eesh. But Zinovy makes it to Madagascar, where he, uh, he's waiting for the other half to meet up, but the other half just doesn't arrive. Oh no. And months go by, so Zinovy and his half are stuck here. Nearly everybody gets malaria. Ugh. Several smaller torpedo boats are so old and rusty that they just kind of sink while docked in harbor. Uh, there are several attempted mutinies... And one of these mutinies started when some sailors found out that a chef had prepared them food from a cow, and this cow only had three legs. Uh, So it's Uh. inferior food.
0: (laughs) So we should mutiny. (laughs) Are you kidding? Nope. This is insane. I know. These people are so
1: stupid. (laughs) Well, they're just peasants. They're not soldiers. I guess
0: that's true. Uh, they haven't seen battle yet. This is like, this is the worst. Oh my god, a cow with three legs. Jeez. Yeah, that's not a real hamburger
1: <laughs> So Zinavi begins drilling his crews to keep morale up But this doesn't really work because none of the ships can hit any target at all. That would kill your morale <laughs> Yeah, every time they, they miss by a, a long shot Meanwhile, a few dozen sailors die of malaria. So a sea bir- a bur- burial, burial, a burial is arranged. They're gonna bury the- these sailors. Uh, everybody is gathered, and uh, you know the bodies are are dropped into the sea, and one of the ships fires a goodbye salute. Hmm. However, the crew members of this ship accidentally used live ammunition for the salute. Of course they did. And of course, this is the time that they do hit something, one of their own ships. <laughs> <laughs> so the funeral just ends up killing more
0: guys. <laughs> live ammunition. Mm. It's, it's so bad. Oh, they need some training on those guns. God damn it.
3: hmm
1: Ugh. So it turns out that uh, it takes forever for the Baltic fleet to link up together because nobody in Russia knows where the fleet is at this
0: point. There's there's zero communication. This is a disaster. Oh, (laughs) for sure. I mean, let's talk about, like, wartime paranoia. You got a Mm -hmm. fleet out there doing this kind of shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got all this propaganda going around about how scary the Japanese are and all that stuff, and, you know, people are genuinely freaked out that the Japanese could actually end up, like on your shores, right? <laughs> and this is going on with your own guys, I mean,
2: uh, it's, it's
0: crazy. It is. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, so finally in 1905, Zinovig gets all of his ships together in Madagascar, and then they finally sail through the Indian Ocean to meet
0: the Japanese Navy, which can only go well. I mean, yeah, at this point they've gotten so much practice not shooting the Japanese. (laughs) I mean, they've missed everybody else. Maybe they'll actually hit the Japanese.
1: Maybe. (laughs) Uh. Uh, So, Xenovie finally encounters the Japanese off the southern coast of Korea. So they did it, they made it all the way around, like, the world. How long did this take? I want to say like a year. Oh my god. Yeah, it's something, something like that. So at this point, the Russian fleet is in horrible condition. The men's morale has been completely destroyed MONTHS ago, and they're about to face one of the best fleets in the world. Oh god, this is horrible. <laughs> so the Japanese, they know the Russians are on their way. So they, they begin looking in this kind of search and destroy mission right. to find Zinovi and just obliterate his fleet. The Russians, meanwhile, they're trying to slip by the Japanese so that they can link up with the Russian Pacific Fleet. Uh, and make, make their forces, you know, somewhat better. Uh, on the night of May 26th, 1905, which is never good. You have a date. Yep. <laughs> Things actually looked okay for the Russians. The, the night was dark. There was a fog. And maybe, just maybe, they could slip by the Japanese to, to get to the other Russians. Right, they might have a snowball's chance in hell at that point. Right. (laughs) But then, one of the Russian ships sees several Japanese boats. For real this time. Uh Uh-huh. These actually were the Japanese boats. Uh Uh-huh. But this Russian ship communicates back, Don't worry, guys, these are the Russian ships we're trying to link up with. So Uh, the one time that these actually were Japanese boats, the Russians get it wrong.
0: Oh no! (laughs) They're like
1: zero for twenty hundred at this point. (laughs)
2: Oh jeez.
0: Yeah. Oh. This is like Fargo. It is! It's just one fuck up after another. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So the Japanese
1: at this point, they they know where the Russians are, and they prepare to throw a huge and overwhelming force against the Russians.
0: And they're like, hey, look at all our Russian friends over there, like, assembling to (laughs) greet us. Here they come to give us a big naval hug. (laughs) Naval hug? Okay. (laughs) Oof.
1: The next morning, the Japanese surprised the Russians, and the Battle of Tushima began. The battle was pretty much over before it began, <laughs> obviously, because the Russians were in such bad shape, but it only gets worse. Oh. Our boy Zinovy, who's the only capable Russian commander at this point, right? He- He gets hit by shrapnel to the head immediately and is knocked unconscious for the entire battle.
0: Oh God, that's horrible. Yeah. The one guy who knows anything is gone. Yes. Meanwhile, you've got these Russians like who have shot each other in the past, (laughs) like scrambling onto their guns, you know, bottle of vodka in hand and just like firing wildly. Oh, and he's just there unconscious. Right. And it's all going to shit around him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <sighs>
1: so, the the whole battle has a ton of sequences, but I'm just going to skip to the end. What happens is, the Russians put up a valiant fight, but barely inflict any damage at all. Uh, the Japanese won the day. Zinovi was captured and sent to a Japanese hospital to recuperate. Over 4,000 Russians were killed. Jesus. About 6,000 were captured. Ugh. And over 30 Russian boats were lost. Oh my god. The loss was a huge blow to Russia. I'll and, say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, peace was agreed upon a few months later with Japan emerging as the victor. But just think of that. Like, this whole journey was took a whole year. And you finally get there and are just immediately snuffed
0: out. Yeah. Just vanquished. <laughs> just, uh, it's it it hurts because it's like... There were so many warning signs that they just should have turned back. Like turn back. Oh, yeah. Train yeah. for 3 months or something. I don't know how long it would yeah. take, but like you wouldn't have had the crisis that made you go around the horn of Africa. Yeah. You would have you would have had you would have been crisis free. You could have gone through the canal, saved yourself some time. Um mm-hmm. but it was this I think just this paranoia of some kind like if we don't get over there now, we're gonna lose harder than we will if we have thousands of untrained sailors and boats. Right. Ugh. And and keep in keep in mind, kind of in the the grand scale of things,
1: the Russian Revolution is gonna happen less than ten years later. The, right. This m- military catastrophe is well, and then of course the Russians in World War One. It's this more of the same. Yeah. It's just military catastrophe after catastrophe. The brass don't care, because they don't suffer. Right. It's, these, it's the boys who are being
0: killed. Th- this is... You understand the appeal to communism. Well, what's interesting is that, like, we think about it, the Russian Revolution happening largely as a result of World War One. Yeah. But World War One was the straw that broke the camel's back, it seems. Right. Oh, for sure. It, it was like, oh, okay, uh, Nicholas II, you're going to take command of the army? Mm-hmm. You... You know, my sons died on a boat <laughs> off the coast of Japan or whatever, or off the coast of Korea. Yeah. Uh, Because you couldn't wait and to train them. Like, oh boy. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I can't wait well, to tell you about Rasputin because there's a lot of cool shit.
1: You know, and it's it's great that this is coming after Rasputin because it just, this is another feather in <laughs> Nicholas's cap of being completely incompetent as a leader.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, we'll have to cover him someday. Just him. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe his wife. I don't know. I covered her pretty uh, quite a bit in Rasputin, though. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: So as for our boy Zunavi, he was treated in the Japanese hospital, and uh, the Japanese admiral who had defeated him, Admiral Toto, visited him later, and actually he actually had some nice words to say. Oh. Uh, we have the the quote here, and he said. Defeat is a common fate of a soldier. There is nothing to be ashamed of in it. The great point is whether we have performed our duty.
0: I wonder how Zenovi responded to that. <laughs> just, just
1: probably, well, like, <laughs> I've got a piece
0: of plastic stuck in my forehead because of <laughs> duty. Well, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe it did cheer him up a little bit, but I, I think probably at this point he was hyper aware of the incompetence of his men. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I did my job, but I caused international crises and I got like 4,000 people killed. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Big oof. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So that's pretty much it for his adult life. Um, and I don't have much. So for his end and death, do you want to just kind of merge into that? Let's roll in. Okay. So. Ended. So after the, the Russian-Japanese War ended, uh, Zinovy returned to Russia in 1906, where he found all of his surviving officers uh, facing court-martial and the firing squad for losing the battle. Oh,
0: come on!
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. So Zinovy, he also faced court-martial as well, but he was spared death because the court knew that he was unconscious for the battle. But he would, he would still probably end up in, in prison, perhaps. Wait, because... they would shoot people for getting defeated? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: But at this point, Zinovi, he tells the court that, look, all of this is 110% my fault. He took full responsibility for the events, and he told the court that his men should be spared because it's his fault. And due to this, Tsar Nicholas II finally agreed to allow the men to live, uh, some were forgiven while some were imprisoned for a short time before being released. But Xenovie had saved his men here. Uh, so, points in his favor. I was gonna say, that's good for him. It, it's kind of, well, and Zinevi's story is just absolutely tragic. Uh, because he actually was a competent commander. Mm-hmm. But he just never had the chance to show it. <laughs> yeah. And it ends kind of tragically. Uh, that's because that, that's pretty much it. He retired and lived the next three years uh, as a hermit in Saint Petersburg. Oh my! And he wouldn't. He wouldn't see anyone. Uh, he finally died on January fourteenth, nineteen oh nine, at the age of sixty from a heart attack. And he's buried in Saint Petersburg.
3: Whoa!
0: Damn! What?
1: I gotta say that it's probably good that he died in 1909, because yep. things don't improve for Russia in the next five years.
0: Yeah, uh, here's my thought. I wonder mm-hmm. if- was he ever used as a tool for propaganda? I didn't see anything for that, because he didn't win.
1: Are you- are you talking about communist propaganda? Yeah,
0: like, negative propaganda, like, look, this is the incompetence of the Tsar. Like, he oh. made this man watch his fleet get sunk. Hmm. Uh, he might have. I know World War.
1: They used World War One as a rallying cry in that that same way, which mm-hmm. would have been more on the minds of everyone because it was going on.
0: Uh, right. That's true. I'm sure it was at least brought up. Now oh, and for again. sure. Like, yeah. you know, and, and of course, going into World War One, it was like, oh, so we're letting the guy who did who let that happen command the <laughs> yeah. army, yeah, because a crazy Russian man told him to. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um. <sighs> oof. That's a sad story, and I will say a story of massive incompetence.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's sad, though, because everyone dies in the end. Yeah. I mean, not everyone. Um,
0: Most well, of the th- fleet survived. What were the far-reaching uh, consequences of this disaster? I mean, it had to affect Russia's efficacy in World War I. Sure. Well... The funny thing is, is that Japan and Russia were
1: allies five years later in World War One. Japan was on the Allied side, mm. uh, and I, I think probably one of the farthest-reaching um, aspects of this whole war was that Japan and Russia, in or I, I should say, Japan and the Soviet Union, agreed to uh, a truce during all of World War Two, even though they were on opposite sides. But Japan was like, "Look, we're we're dealing with." The Brits and the Americans, we don't want to be facing the Russians. And the Russians were like, well, you whooped our ass 40 years ago, so we don't want to fight you. Right. So that's probably one of the longer lasting aspects. Oof. Yeah. Um, I, I know the Russian Navy was shit for like
0: <laughs> forever. <laughs> I wonder if it's gotten any better. Probably Yeah. not. I, <laughs> I hope
1: they still use those torpedo boats. <laughs>
0: uh Putin just on a rowboat with a giant stick and a bear of course got to have a yeah. bear there a bear on the end of a stick it's <laughs> <laughs> yep. stuck to the side of a boat <laughs> uh, oh well that was a that was a crazy crazy story and that's going to be like 2 weeks in a row of russians
1: those russians it might
0: be time to get the fuck out of russia <laughs> famous last words Yes. So, uh, shall we head to the surface then? Yes. Let's go! Giddy up! I'm gonna ride you there. What the hell? We're gonna go through the Suez Canal. Just hold okay. on to your ass. <laughs> Fucking market. <laughs> Oh, James, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm going to mine all of the water around Denmark. Okay, that sounds mm-hmm. good. What are you going to do? Uh, I am going to mine all of the water in my bathtub.
1: You already do that. Those scabs just come right off. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Well, I'm going to bring the show to an end, but I have some sad news. Uh-oh. Digital Tip Jar is actually shutting down. <laughs> like, right after we got onto it. We're trying to find... Probably alter- because of us. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to find an alternative to Patreon because it fucking sucks. Um, but that's all we have right now. So if you feel like you want to support us, uh, you can consider the funding-, funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. Uh, for now, Digital Tip Jar is still up. I think it'll be up through June. Um, If you want to drop us a little tip in our digital tip jar, that's digitaltipjar.com slash we talk about dead people. Rest in peace, my boy. Uh, Yeah, so this is kind of fucking up my outro because all of this is changing. Uh, Our cover art was created by Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his wonderfully whimsical work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of battle off the coast of Korea play you out. Uh, What? 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 You said I've got...
1: I've got the joy, 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 joy down, down in, in my heart. heart. I've got that joy, joy, down
2: joy, in joy, joy, joy down in. Oi, Aaron! You. Pull up my net! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: help.
2: Help me. Help me.
0: Help me. Help <laughs> me hoist up the chicken of the sea for the queen! Alright, lads, let's just haul in this net here and then we'll. We can go home. All right, lads, let's haul in this net here and we can go home for the night. Uh, Brilliant. Almost done here. Brilliant. For the queen. Are you okay? Yes, I'm quite dandy, my chap. We're in Britain, aren't we? My coat is red. Fuck. Turning into an Australian again. I'd just be an Australian on a fishing boat. No, I don't know the difference. I'm a Brit. We're in British waters. (laughs) I'm an Australian. I can never get into this accent, but sometimes I do and I can't get out of it. (laughs) I can't believe I forgot to tell you this. Yeah? I had a nightmare about you.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't like you were attacking me or chasing me or, like, stealing my toast. It was like... (laughs) you. It was about you in your apartment. And it was, like, your old apartment. Oh, God. And you were just looking listless and useless. And I can't you just look so sad and I was I was just feeling like really sorry for you. And mm-hmm. then you like opened the utility closet and there on the water heater was total war too. <laughs> and you took it out and I was like feeling heartbreak while I was dreaming this. And you took it out and you put it into your MacBook and you just started it up. And then I was just backing away down the hall as you leaned over your computer. Oh War man. War never changes. Oh my god, yep. I had that nightmare. That was real. That is that is real. I haven't had a nightmare in a long time, and that one came out and I was like, <laughs> I just woke up and I looked out the window and I just muttered, James.
3: <laughs> James, <that> no. <one." laughs>
2: These are, uh, these are some fables of La Fontaine, and we'll begin with The Swan and the Cook. The pleasures of a poultry yard were by an swan and gooseling shard. The swan was kept there for his looks, the thrifty gosling for the cook's. First the garden's pride, the latter, a great favorite on the platter. They swam the ditches side by side and oft in sports aquatic bide, plunging, splashing far and wide. With rivalry never satisfied, one day the cook, named Thirsty John, sent for the gosling, took the swan, in a haste his throat to cut and put him in to the pot. The bird's complaint resounded in glorious melody, whereat the cook astounded his sad mistake to see. Cried, what makes soup of a musician? Please, God, I'll never set such such a dish on. No, no, I'll never cut a throat that sings so sweet a note. Tis thus whatever peril may alarm us, sweet words will never harm us.